The news headlines are loaded every day with either the fulfillment of or precursors to all of the end time prophecies. If you don't understand what you're watching for, it can certainly seem overwhelming. Well, we will look at some of these articles and events in today's news and detail the end time scenario on this edition of End of the Age. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, if you're, as long as you're not driving in a vehicle, I want you to do something with me. Close your eyes. Or just imagine that you are back in a World War II scenario. You're in the thick of the fight. And as your platoon marches across the foreign soil towards your next exchange, you encounter a minefield. The enemy is encamped all around, and your destination is just on the other side of this minefield. The only option is straight ahead. Well, immediately, you guys are just about ready to go across And your sergeant yells, put on your blindfolds. We have a minefield to cross. Now, it doesn't seem right, does it? You're going to cross a minefield and you want me to put on a blindfold? I mean, nobody in their right mind crosses a minefield with a blindfold on. And yet this is exactly what it would be like to live through the next few years with little or no knowledge of the end time events. It's like walking through a minefield blindfolded. Now, thankfully, this does not have to be the case. I mean, the Bible has provided us with an an accurate chronological account along with explicit instructions to guide us through these apocalyptic events all the while providing our great commission, our job as the church, for the times just ahead. Now, let me go first through some of the articles that you may have encountered in the news over the last few days or so, maybe weeks. And you can just read right through these things, and some of them don't reach out and grab you, right? Because maybe you don't fully understand some of the prophecies. But... I'm going to go through some of the different articles and then we'll get off into an end time scenario that's going to play out. And you can see how all of this ties together. Because we want you to understand what we want to do is to take off those imaginary blindfolds so you can say, wow, I finally understand what's going on. Now, the Sixth Trumpet War, Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. The Debka file is reporting right now that the Israel Air Force 
has practiced a massive attack, an attack scenario for Iran's nuclear facilities. This was two weeks ago. And it was attended by the first time with U.S. observers observing this potential attack on Iran that they played out. And um, several aircraft drilled long-range strikes and and mid-air refueling tactics while also countering simulated Iranian air defense attacks, planning for an eventual attack on Iran. Now, in The Blaze, they reported that the State Department has warned that Iran is only weeks away from being able to fuel a nuclear bomb. Now, you read about these things in the news, and you think, well, you know, that's that's 9,000 miles from here, right? What's that got to do with us? If you understand the prophecies of the Bible, and where the Bible says this war, this World War III scenario, the Sixth Trumpet War will emanate from, that is this very region, the, the Euphrates River region, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. And so we watch that very closely to see what's happening right there in the Iran situation with the United States and with Israel. That's not going away. That's not going away tonight, tomorrow, or years from now. Because Iran wants to annihilate Israel and the United States. They really want to conquer the world and implement their version of Sharia law. And so, it's not going to go away. And they're the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet. And our State Department has said that they're weeks away from acquiring the material needed for a nuclear missile. The peace agreement. Jewish News Syndicate has said that um, they are working to bring Saudi Arabia into the Abraham Accords and that that is a strategic goal for the United States and Israel. Well, what they're doing here is they're working on a regional agreement. They've kind of put the Israeli-Palestinian issue on the back burner. And they're working on a regional agreement, hoping that that regional agreement will eventually, and I've got articles stating this, they're from a year or two ago, but they're hoping that eventually this Abraham Accords would lead to an eventual Israeli-Palestinian peace accord. And we'll have to see how all that plays out. But if you follow the news at all, you could find out that Saudi Arabia is one of the major players over there. And if they could get them involved with this Abraham Accords, many of the other nations, the Arab nations, would come on board. And that would essentially leave the, the um, Palestinians with nothing to fall back on. All their Arab brethren would be in normalization agreements with Israel. And hopefully they say it would bring the Palestinians right along with them. World government. This is all Bible prophecy, by the way. Bruegel has reported that Europe in a new world order. We know that the European Union is going to be the seat of the world government, the power base of the Antichrist in the end time. So when I see articles like Europe in the new world order, I know exactly what's going on, even if the people that wrote the article does not. Fox Business has said that Joe Biden's disturbing connection to the socialist Great Reset Movement. All of this is precursors to the eventual world governing system. It's what they're trying to establish. They they cannot, they, they have to get us off of our capitalistic system because they can't control us as long as we're capitalism. Capitalism is freedom. Socialism, communism, fascism, it's all about control. 
the World Economic Forum to build back better, which is what Joe Biden's talking about. The World Economic Forum has been talking about that for years. The United Nations, all of them. They're all in cahoots. They published an article, To Build Back Better, We Must Reinvent Capitalism. We must take away the United States' ability to be free so we can get her under control. Now, these are the different articles that are in your news every day pointing us to the eventual fulfillment of Bible prophecy, and it's being fulfilled right now. We'll go through a few more articles when we get back, and then we'll go into this end-time scenario so I can show you how all of this is going to play out in real time. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time Message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. We're going to dive right back off into this end time scenario and these different articles that are playing out in our news every day. But before then, I got a, an announcement. This coming Saturday evening, uh, that would be February 5th at 6 p.m., I'll be at the Justin, uh, the Rock Church of Justin up in Justin, Texas, 411 Ludi Avenue. Uh, 6 o'clock this coming Saturday, I'll be teaching the Antichrist Socialistic Kingdom. And it's a great lesson. You guys are definitely going to want to hear about that and know what's going on in the news every day, what they're trying to do to America, what they're trying to do to our businesses, implementing socialism and fascism here in America. And uh, Sunday morning, 10 a.m., I'll be going over the Breaking Prophetic Fulfillments. If we have time, we'll do a Q&A session. And so you definitely would want to be there for these meetings. Um, you say, well, what about Snowmageddon coming in? Uh, to the Dallas area. It's all going to be gone by Saturday. Don't worry about it. It's okay. And there are places up north that are getting several 
inches and even over a foot of snow. So we've got it pretty good down here, right? So come up to Justin this weekend and and, uh, be with us there for that prophecy conference. Hopefully you'll, I believe you'll really enjoy it. Now, moving through these articles. Let's finish these up and get off into this end time scenario. Uh, World Religion. Christianity.com published an article, Do We Know What Will Be the One World Religion in the End Times? They're asking that question. A lot of people believe that there will be. They may not be able to prove it scripturally, but they've heard it taught over the years. And so they're asking, is this going to be the world religion? Um, The Arlington Catholic Herald published an article. One World Religion? Question mark. The Joint Declaration, it states in the article, the Joint Declaration titled, a document on human fraternity for world peace and living together. It was signed by Pope Francis and uh, Sheikh Ahmed Al-Taib, a grand imam of Sunni Muslims, during his visit by the Pope to the United Arab Emirates back in early, I think it was February of 2019. People immediately started questioning if this was part of the emerging one world religious system. It absolutely is. But I saw an article by somebody that um, said that, no, it's not part of the emerging one world religious, religious system. That this document of fraternity that the Pope and this imam signed was not part of that. Well, I would like to have a great conversation with the author of that article. Because they need to understand that all of these ecumenical and interfaith uh, efforts are leading us straight towards a one world religious system. Imagine signing a document of fraternity of brothers as a quote unquote Christian with somebody who does not believe Jesus Christ was God or that he died on the cross. That's the essence of our Christian existence and our belief system. The act of Calvary and our plan of salvation, the act of Calvary where Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh, came and died on a cross for us, purchasing a plan of salvation. And so to say, well, I know, but you know, you, the, every, this, these individuals who don't even believe that, they are our brothers and we're all just being tolerant and just loving and get along. I'm all into loving and I'm all into getting along. But I cannot brush the Bible and the doctrines and the principles and the gospel of the Bible under the rug to simply try to get along. Um, Again, I want to get along, but I can't walk away from the Word of God. We're going to stick to the Word of God, because that's how we're going to get to heaven, everybody. Okay, uh, the mark of the beast. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of articles about precursors that are being established right now, global numbering systems, all kinds of things, moving off of cash into digital societies, to precursors to the eventual system that will be used by the Antichrist to implement the Mark of the Beast. Um, the, the papers, P-A-Y-P-E-R-S, news source, they published an article. Get this. The need for digital IDs, uh, digital identities, to enhance a cashless society. These people know exactly what they're trying to do. Move us off of cash onto a digital footprint, a digital society, Why do you number people? The only reason to number people is to control them. At the end of the day, again, consider the Jews in the Holocaust. 
where they tattooed numbers on their arms. Uh, Yad Vashem in Israel has this huge Holocaust museum, and they've got a whole giant section on the numbering of the Jews in uh, Hitler's horrible Holocaust, everything, everything that had surrounded that. And so, that's the only reason you number people. Why are they trying to move us off of cash? Because cash is freedom. Digital control. When the, when the government can know ex- every purchase that you make and be able to invalidate that number to get you to bow down to their edicts, that's where all this is headed. The World Crunch news source, they published an article, it's time for a unique digital ID for every person in the world. Now, these are headlines, folks. The Bible prophesied it 2,000 years ago, and here we are staring it right in the face. Establishing the system that the Antichrist will eventually usurp authority over and be able to implement the mark of the beast. Uh, Finally, the Fox Business has said, the Swedish company has showcased a microchip that can download COVID-19 passports and has demonstrated, uh, individuals have demonstrated how Epicenter's rice-sized microchip adapted as a COVID-19 passport, is implemented under the skin, either in the arm, I think right back here behind the hand, or in between the thumb and the forefinger, where you could you just have your vaccine passport, your COVID vaccine passport with you all the time. So these are headlines in the news. Every day you can find, there are hundreds about precursors to the mark of the beast, leading us to global national, global IDs and different things. So how does all this play out? You say, well, I understand all these news articles, and, you know, and I told you it can almost get to be overwhelming if you don't understand what's coming. So let's talk about that. The Bible foretells a final seven-year period. We are just prior to that, folks. The final, a, a final seven-year period that will immediately precede the Battle of Armageddon, the second coming of Jesus Christ. And it also describes the specific event that will mark the beginning of that final seven years. That's the reason we call this prophesied event the prophecy with a date on it. End time ministries will never set a date. We're never going to come on here and go, hey, December 1st, Jesus Christ is going to come back. We don't do that. The Bible, however, does give a final seven-year time, a final seven-year um, period that will occur. So when this event that I'm going to talk about happens, we know there's about seven years left. This is the Bible doing that. This is not end time ministries. Um, never going to give a date. Now, so all we have to do is watch for the initial event that marks the beginning of the timeline to then know when that final seven years, uh, that when they remain until the culmination, right? So it is of utmost importance that each of us understands this final seven year, the events that happen during this final seven year period because our generation will undoubtedly live during the fulfillment of these prophecies. And in order to understand what lies ahead, again, remember, we've got to remove those imaginary blindfolds. How do we do that? Well, we've got to learn what the Bible prophesies about the events that will take place along the way. I'm going to, I'm going to do like a kind of like a story time scenario to take us through that final seven-year timeline because I want you to remember it. I just don't want to hit you with all the specific events and time and this. I want I want to do like a I'm going to do a storyline type situation because I want to make sure you get it and you can remember it. 
So, Daniel 9.27, it prophesies that the Antichrist, not the Pope or anyone else, it is so clear that the Bible is talking about the Antichrist will confirm a covenant with many for a final seven-year period. We're not looking for the Pope to do that. The Pope will be involved at a certain time, but he's not going to be the one that gets his peace agreement signed. Now, this accord will be, it's going to be the confirmation of God's covenant with Abraham that Israel would always have a homeland in the promised land. It's Genesis 15, 18. And the fulfillment of this prophecy will be the signing of a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians, not the Abraham Accords. The Abraham Accords could lead us to that. But it's going to specifically deal with the Israelis and the Palestinians. How do I know that? Because according to Scripture, there are several characteristics to this peace agreement. The peace agreement must do five things. Number one, it's going to establish a Palestinian state in Judea, the West Bank. The Abraham Accords doesn't do that, right? Number two, it will allow the Jewish settlers presently living in Judea, in the modern-day West Bank, to remain in their homes all of this has been approved by Netanyahu and many others. It's been proposed already. And they're going to live as a Jewish minority out in that Palestinian state. Number three, it will place the Temple Mount under an internationally supervised sharing arrangement, allowing both Jews and Muslims to worship there. Now, they don't want to allow... There are Jews that are going up there praying, but as a rule, Jews are not allowed to go up there and do sacrifices or any of this kind of stuff. It's ruled by the Muslim waqf. It will, this peace agreement will also allow Israel to build its third temple. And Israel will retain control of Jerusalem all the way until the end time. Those are the five characteristics of the peace agreement. We're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt when we have that one. It's not the Oslo Peace Accords. It was not the Y River Accords because they didn't have all the characteristics, you see. So when you see the prophesied peace agreement then you can know that the final seven years to the battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ has begun. Now, remember the, the uh, articles that I went through in the beginning as we go through here. Because these articles are talking about things that are, either, that, that are taking place that are either fulfillment of Bible prophecy or they're precursors to every single one. So at this point, because I don't know whether it happens before or after this peace agreement, we have to note that a war is coming. And that war will emanate from the Middle East region and result in the killing of one-third of the world's population. This is Revelation 13, uh, sorry, Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. The war is called the Sixth Trumpet War because it's going to occur at the sounding of the Sixth Trumpet. And this war will take place just before or shortly after the peace agreement is signed. The Bible does not tell us, well, I should say the Bible does tell us that it must take place before, um, at the latest, before the final three and one half years begins. Uh, you, I can prove that scripturally. I'm not going to take time to do that. You've got to go through Revelation 9, 10, and 11, but it could conceivably happen at any time now. Because they have put the peace agreement on the back burner, it could be that the war happens first on the back end of that war, that the 
cry for peace in the international community would be so deafening that the leaders of the world would look at the Israelis and Palestinians and say, we don't care what you guys do, you're going to sign an agreement, get your act together, because we're done with all this war and things like that. Now, they're not going to be done with war. But they always like to use a crisis to get things done that they normally couldn't get done by, um, you know, just a a discussion or maybe uh, making a suggestion, right, in times of peace. When you have a crisis, you basically look at people and say, you're going to do this, right? You're going to wear a mask. You're going to get a vaccine. In times of peace, people would say, like, you're crazy. I'm not doing that. And... Even during times of crisis, people would say they're not going to, right? So, in the, after, in the aftermath of this six-trumpet war, where 2.6, billion with the current population have been killed, again, the, the, the cry for a global organization, a, a world government, is going to be deafening. The, the world um, nations around the entire world are going to yield up their sovereignty and say, in the name of peace, we're going to yield up all of our sovereignty to you. You're going to have the army, so we want you to control everything, and we want you to bring peace. Well, that's not what's going to happen. The international community is going to adopt a world-governing entity, which is being established right now, to eliminate the possibility of a global war ever taking place again. And again, the nations will, in the name of security yield up their sovereignty to this new world government so that it can eliminate war completely. Again, if you understand Bible prophecy, it's not going to eliminate war. The Antichrist is going to go in and the Bible says by peace, he will, um, by war, make peace. And That doesn't sound right, does it? But that's what happens. And so he's going to come in by on a platform of flatteries and by peace. But that's not how it's going to end up. So, this world government, it's going to be the culmination of years of planning that have already been in progress. I mean, the seat of the United Nations, the charter was signed back in 1945. And so, it's been happening for decades and decades. And for several years, it had been generally believed that there were two major causes for war on the earth. Conflicts between nations, conflicts between religions. So the solution is simple, right? In in the minds of these global leaders, they got a they've got they need a world government to to handle the conflict between nations and they need a world religion to handle the conflict between religions. And so you can see how this scenario the stage is set for all of this. The world government's being established, the world religion is being established, and it's all by grand design. And we'll continue on when we get back. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, part two. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. So, in the minds of these global elites, what solution could they come up with to handle the conflicts between nations, the conflicts between religions, right? I mean, because they will be looked to, after this six-trumpet war, to come up with a solution to all this. So, number one, here's what they're going to do. Or here's what they believe they need to do. Do away with the nation-states. They've got to force everyone on earth to pledge allegiance to one single ultimate political authority. Not their own government of their nation, but one single authority, a world government. That's what doing away with borders is all about. A borderless world where you create a global state that answers to a global government. You wonder what's going on down here on our southern border? That's exactly it. We've got a globalist in the White House. So he believes in no borders. Why would not our president of the United States, why would he not protect a national border? We could do that easily. Put our military down there, whatever we need to do. But he won't do it. Ask yourself why he will not control and protect our national border. Why is, he, why is he just sitting back and letting people flood across? Now, he's willing to protect Crimea, or, um, Ukraine from Russia, right? We're willing to send soldiers in there to protect the Ukraine from Russia, but he will not protect our southern border. Ask yourself why. Because he's a globalist. He believes in a one-world government. Pretty crazy to think about it, isn't it? Number two, they need to abolish the doctrinal differences, world religions, these religions conflicts. They need to abolish the doctrinal differences between all religious organizations and to coerce church leaders to sign declarations of unity with a single, all-inclusive religious authority, a world religion. Remember, I just talked about the um, <clears throat> document that Pope Francis and the imam signed Back in 2019, this document of fraternal brotherhood, it's what all those things, there are many people, there are evangelical churches here in the United States that have already signed on to this stuff. Big ones. And so, folks, this stuff's already playing out. Now, the Bible predicts that these two entities, 
this world government, this world religion, they will be governed by a duo of two of the most deceitful, demonic humans that have ever lived. I mean, uh, uh, to begin with, there's going to be a leader that's going to arise from Europe. It's Daniel 7, 8. That will have aided in the negotiations for the prophesied peace agreement. He's going to be a great orator, this, a, a great administrator. But he's going to have an ulterior motive in mind, a wolf in sheep's clothing. He, he's eventually going to seize the reins of influence and be the most powerful politician in Europe. And from that power base, he will maneuver himself into control of this emerging one world government. That's why when I see articles about the European Union at the head of a new world order of the European Union working to establish a new world order, you can see that's a 2,000-year-old prophecy, everybody. Actually, it's, it begins 2,500 years ago in the book of Daniel. And so, at the beginning of the Antichrist administration, he, he's going to be an ascending world leader. He's, he's going to be viewed by many as the next great peacemaker. Remember, it's going to be on the heels of the Six Trumpet War. But to those that know their Bible, I will not look to him as a peacemaker. I know what's coming. And we will recognize him as the Antichrist. But simultaneously, with, with the emergence of the prophesied world government, is going to be the birth of that global religious system. Interfaithism, as it's been called for years now, it's going to be a union of um, Catholicism, Protestantism, and, and all the religions under the leadership of whoever the Pope is at the time of the Antichrist. And this religious union will be found on, it's going to be founded really on the, the beliefs that Jews, Muslims, Christians all worship the same God while calling Him different names. You know, but this big Abrahamic family house that's being built down in the United Arab Emirates. You think that's just, they're pouring millions and millions and millions of dollars into that just because they want some place for you to visit? No. That was inspired by this document that the Pope and the Imam signed, this brotherhood, this fraternity, fraternal brotherhood. And so interfaithism, which is all the religions, not just Catholicism, Protestantism, and all these others, all the religions, they're attempting to embrace the religions of the world, getting them all together in under tolerance and love, and let's just all get along. But there's an ulterior motive. It's to get them to pledge allegiance to and to advocate all the edicts of the world government. You can see the Pope right now pushing for the sustainable development goals and social justice and all these different things, getting the religions of the world on board with that stuff. He actually says in one of his encyclicals that we are sinning against uh, the, our mother earth and our sister and brother wind and fire and the water and all this. He's, he, he's talking about sins. So, Scripture is clear that this religious union will be led by whoever the Pope is at the time of the Antichrist. Whoever the Pope is at the time of the Antichrist, he's going to be the false prophet. And there are even Roman Catholics that believe there will, is an evil Pope coming. Now, remember I talked about this final seven-year 
timeline, final seven-year period prophesied in the Bible. By the midway point of that final seven years, the world government led by the Antichrist and the world religion, uh, world religion, Revelation 13, 11 through 14, and both chapters 17 and 18 in the book of Revelation, it'll be headed by the false prophet. They will have control over the majority of the world's population halfway through the final seven years. Now, when the final seven years begins, I'm going to uh, jump back here just a little bit. When the final seven years begins, Revelation 11, 1 and 2 says that the Temple Mount in Jerusalem would be placed under a sharing arrangement between Jews and Muslims. Remember the peace agreement that starts this. Well, the, the Jewish temple will, uh, the Jewish people will be allowed to build that third temple. That's 2 Thessalonians 2, 4 and Revelation 11, 1 and 2. They're going to build that temple on the Temple Mount. When the temple is completed, animal sacrifices will be resumed. It's Daniel 9, 27. And just as, uh, just as it was done in the Old Testament times, you remember. Now, the offering of animals in the temple, that's going to quickly escalate into a world crisis. Imagine where they have, um, there are entities, animal rights activists, that say uh, they don't want you to kill anything. And... There are actually people that don't want you to cut down trees and things because they worship the earth and the trees and things like that. But imagine these animal rights activists. They are going to demand, when you see the slaughter of a cow in the morning and a slaughter in the cow in the evening every day on TV, slicing that thing's throat, they are going to demand that to stop. They're going to actually... They're going to demand the Antichrist stops it because he's going to be the leader of the world government. And it's going, to, it's going to quickly escalate this dispute over these animal sacrifices. And it's going to lead to an event called, that the Bible calls the abomination of desolation. When, uh, you know, once we reach the middle of that final seven-year period, really the prophetic fulfillments, they're going to rapidly increase with many events happening at the same time, right there in the middle. Now, one of these events will be the stopping of those sacrifices at the abomination of desolation. Daniel 11.31, it it talks about this event and it says, And arms shall stand on his part, the Antichrist part, and and shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. So it appears that something... Uh, stopping the sacrifices and the abomination of desolation, the Antichrist standing in that uh, temple claiming to be God, that that's going to occur about the same time. And the Antichrist, he's going to, you know, it's apparent. He's going to explain that, hey, these sacrifices are no longer needed because he's going to claim to be the Messiah and God. I'm the one you've been looking for. Uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 4. It says that he will sit in the temple of God, claiming to be God. And in this passage, the Apostle Paul described the event as the revealing. That would be um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. This is when the Antichrist, the man of sin, is revealed. 
Now, it should also be mentioned that whoever the Pope is, again, at the time of the abomination of desolation, when the Antichrist is revealed, he's going to assume the role of the false prophet. He's going to be the leader of the world religious system, and he's going to perform miracles before the people of the world. That's Revelation 13. um, What would that be? 13 and 14. And it's through those miracles that he will influence the world to pledge allegiance to the Antichrist. He will say, yes. The Bible says he's going to call fire down from heaven. And people will see that on TV, and then he's going to say, folks, all these miracles were given to me. They were given power for me to do this. His power is not going to come from God. Uh, Revelation 13, 1 and 2, the Bible says that the dragon gave him his seat, power, and great authority. And the Bible says that the false prophet in Revelation 13, 11 and 12, that he exercises all the power of the first beast before him. Where did the first beast get its power? Satan. The power for the false prophet to do miracles will not come from God. It's going to come from Satan. Satan has that has power to do miracles. And he will cause, the Bible says that he will influence people to follow after the beast by the miracles that he was able to perform. People will be wowed by these miracles and he was going to say, this is the guy, this is the Messiah. And if you do not know your Bible and if you don't understand the prophecies of the Bible, then people will be wooed over into the arms of the Antichrist looking for answers. He is the Messiah. Jesus said that people take heed that no man deceives you. Many are going to come in my name and deceive many. He warned about false prophets and false Christs in Matthew 24 several times because so many people will just be wowed by these miracles this guy is able to do and they're going to go right into the arms of the Antichrist. That's why we will continue talking about and teaching these prophecies all the way until we hear that trumpet sound. Because this is of eternal consequence. You cannot pledge allegiance to the Antichrist. He's he's ran by Satan, folks. He's wanting to take you to hell because he knows that's where he's going. Now, man, simultaneous with the abomination of desolation... There's going to be a war in heaven. Michael and his angels will defeat Satan and his angels and confine them to the earth. Revelation 12, 12 says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devils come down unto you having great wrath, because he knows that he hath but a short time. And this is the beginning of the three and one half years of great tribulation, when Satan will persecute Israel and the true church of Jesus Christ. And it's the same tribulation period that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 24, 15 through 21. So, there's a lot lot to understand, isn't there? I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. 
If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Now, once you see the abomination of desolation, Jesus warned the Jews living in Judea, the West Bank, you've got to flee into the mountains. He said, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. It's the beginning of the great tribulation. But in the midst of all this chaos, there's a bright spot. God will send His two witnesses, it's Revelation 11.3, to begin their ministries, which will last the next 1,260 days, or that three and one half year period, the final three and one half year period. So during the last half of that final seven years, again, many events are going to occur that set the stage for the battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's at that time that the Antichrist and the false prophet will fully implement the economic system known as the mark of the beast. Economic control will be used to force the citizens of the world to comply with the dictates of the one world government and the one world religion. The plan will be to give everyone on earth their own unique identification number. Now remember, when the articles that I talked about in the beginning of the program, everyone's going to be given their own unique identification number, that will be necessary for them to function in society. If any individual does not submit to the Antichrist and to obey and pledge allegiance to his supreme authority, that person's number will be invalidated and he will not be permitted to hold a job or to participate in the global economy. Why do you think they're trying to number every single person on the earth? I mean homeless people, people that are living with dirt floors, I mean, they don't care. They want to number every single human being to get them dependent upon the government. It's where this is all headed. All the while, God's two witnesses will be prophesying, performing miracles, and smiting the earth with plagues. But at the end of their ministries, the Antichrist and his world-governing system, they're going to kill them. Their bodies are going to lie in the streets of Jerusalem for three and one-half days. And while the international media broadcasts the entire incident to the world, they're not even going to try to to move their bodies. But after the three and one half days is finished, the Lord is going to raise them up from the dead, call them up to heaven, while the whole world watches in amazement. Now, all during these last several years, the church, during the Great Tribulation, and during the the, uh, ministry of the two witnesses, and during the dole out of the mark of the beast. The church has been experiencing the greatest revival the world has ever known. You say, how in the world, during the reign of the Antichrist, are we going to experience revival? The same way the apostles did in the New Testament under the reign of a world government, the Roman world government. Think about it. Revelation 7, 9. John sees a vision, a future vision of heaven. And he says... Hey, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number out of all nations, kindreds, peoples, and tongues. Everybody. Doesn't matter what color you are. 
doesn't matter what language you speak, doesn't matter your pedigree, doesn't matter where you came from, irrelevant to Jesus Christ. Everybody is going, everybody that's been born again, it doesn't matter. Big, tall, short, bald, lots of hair, skinny, or otherwise, they'll be all be in heaven, folks. There'll be no prejudice in heaven. All that's going to be done away with because everybody that has been born again is going to be there out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation. John said, I saw a multitude no man could number. They stood before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Well, when did that happen? Revelation 7, 13-14. One of the elders said to John, Hey, what are these and where, which are uh, these guys that are uh, ladies and uh, men that are arrayed in white robes? Where'd they come from? John looked back and he said, I don't know. Thou knowest. And the elders said to John, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So John saw a multitude no man could number from every kindred, people, tongue, and nation. They stood before God and they had been saved. They had been born again when? The elder said, these came out of great tribulation. The greatest revival the world has ever known is ahead of us now. The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Are you laboring to reach the harvest? It's of utmost importance. People are dying and going to hell every day. Are you putting forth any effort to save them? Ask yourself that question. We ask ourselves that question every day here at End Time Ministries. What can we do more to preach and teach the gospel more, to win more people to God, to expand His kingdom? Let me tell you, folks, Satan is working day and night to expand His kingdom. Are we doing the same for Jesus Christ to expand His kingdom? Now, we have a huge platform. We are reaching hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions, around the world. And we are seeing people saved everywhere. Thank God for that. But honestly, at this point, it's not enough. There are still people we're not reaching. We need to be on more radio programs. We need to be on more television programs. We need to be in every home. And that's why if if you're partnering with End Time Ministries, thank you. Because you're making all this stuff happen. This is a partner-supported ministry. If you're not partnering with us, consider partnering with us. We use that money to to expand our reach. So we can reach more people because we do not have much time left. I mean, $25 a month. $50 $50 a month. That, it, it, it goes so far. We, we, we squeeze everything we can out of a penny here. Uh, Vince is our accountant here. You guys know Vince and Doug. Vince is our accountant. And Vince can make a dime go so far you would be shocked. And so every dollar that comes in here we scrutinize it. Where's that going to go? What are you going to do with that? What's the best deal we can get on this? We've got to negotiate that radio station down. But I'm telling you, a lot of people wonder how we do so much with the little that we have. It's number one because God has blessed it. 
Number two, it's because we are very, very um, diligent about the finances and how they're spent. We don't make huge salaries. Not, not, I'm not in this for that. We are in this to win souls and expand the kingdom of God. So if, you, if you're not partnering with End Time Ministries, whatever you can do helps. $25 a month. We have people that do it for $10 a month. Some people do it for $1,000 a month. And anything you can do helps us. And we're very thankful for it. And we pray for you every single morning, believe me. And what are we doing? We're working to expand the kingdom of God. I'm not doing this so I can drive a big Ferrari or something. I'm doing this because we're, we, we don't have much time left. We, I mean, I'm, we're traveling everywhere doing conferences and just we're all over the place because why do we have J, uh, Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and why are we doing everything with the West Bank and, and Israel and all, working with all these missionaries and people all over the world? We're building the kingdom of God. We don't have much time left. We are in the same position today the apostles were in the early church. They were just going everywhere. Jesus said, when you receive this power from on high, you'll be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the othermost parts of the world. Well, guess what? We've got a lot bigger net than they had. We've got the internet. We've got radio. We've got television. We've got tools at our disposal that we can use to reach this world. And literally, we get... We get comments from people literally all over the world, all the time. I'm dealing with people that in Berlin, Germany, Australia, I mean, just everywhere. And it's because you, our faithful partners, are helping us to get this message out. A lot of our employees here are partners. We give, we, we all give to the ministry. Because we believe in this and we want to see the thing grow and more people reached. We're not reaching everybody. We're reaching a lot of people, but we're not reaching everybody because we can't afford to be on some radio and television programming. And man, you want to win souls, but you don't have the platform? Support End Time Ministries. And wow, man, where am I at on our big, um, I think we're at the end of the final seven years, right? So, what's going to happen? At the end of the final seven-year period, two of the most recognizable events that the, world, that the Bible prophesies about, they're going to take place. The Battle of Armageddon. Everybody's heard about that. There have been movies made about Armageddon and all this. Other, and then also the second coming of Jesus Christ. And you know, what was the book uh, the guy wrote, um, Charles Dickens? It was a, um, a tale of two cities. You know, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. If an individual, I mean, so surrounding these two prophecies, it's going to be quite a number of significant events, right? So the tale of two cities, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. For those who have been born again, it's going to be the best time because you're going to hear the trumpet sound. You're going to see Jesus come back, split the clouds wide open. You're going to hear the trumpet sounding. You're going to see his angels go. Bob says he's going to send his angels to gather his elect. I want to be alive. I want to feel the transition from an immortal body to an immortal body. And I want to feel my feet leave the ground. Now that's one of my, that's on the top of my bucket list. And 
My father-in-law wanted to do that, obviously, but he's already there. He beat me to it. But I want to feel that transition. But this is going to happen in the very near future to those who have been born again. If you don't know how to be born again, 1-800-363-8463. Call End Time. Ask for the brochure. Or, easier than that, go to endtime.com and just type in, what do you mean born again? It's all there for you to read. All the scriptures and everything are laid out. And be born again. You're going to experience that. Unless we go by way of the grave prior to that. But the best of times for some, but the worst of times for others. If the trumpet sounds and your feet don't leave the ground. Now there have been movies made that say, oh, well, the trumpet sound, I didn't go, I'm left behind. Now I'll just make a decision to live for the Lord and, you know, I don't know. I'm not guaranteeing you anybody that's my age or of the age of accountability that you'll have another chance to be saved. Maybe there is. But I, I, the Bible says that even after the Sixth Trumpet War and even after the Battle of Armageddon when the, when the vials of the wrath of God are poured out that men repented not of their sins. They blasphemed God. They didn't repent. I asked my father-in-law about it one time and he said, Dave... He said, if somebody won't get ready on this side, they won't get ready on the other side. It's in their heart. They don't want to serve God. I thought, Lord, God help me not to ever be in that position. I want to yield myself to you 110% on this side. Because when that trumpet sounds, my feet have to leave the ground. I got to go. I have got to go. I'm not going to leave it to chance. I'm going. I'm going to live like a Christian. I'm going to be born again. And I'm going to make sure I'm prepared to go when that trumpet sounds. And so we want to help prepare you for that. If you're not ready to go, be born again today. Go to the internet. Read those things on our website. Make sure you've done that stuff and be ready to go when he comes. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.